This episode is supported by Active Skin Repair. Active Skin Repair is a skin health company helping people heal with natural, non-toxic, medical-grade ingredients. I just randomly... Vinny was having a toe skin irritation issue and he ended up having this like skin that was really irritating him and it was getting kind of like icky and you know like when kids start to get like little scabs and scratches and then they want to pick at it and it was getting worse and so active skin repair showed up on my doorstep as a result of the sponsorship and I got to put it to use immediately and I got the ointment formula or the like ointment formulation and then also the spray and the spray was perfect so Vinny does not like ointmenty creamy lotiony things on his body but I was able to get out the spray literally took it out of the packaging the day it arrived put it on his toe before he went to bed and the next morning he was like mom my toe's all better it was literally like this super amazing cure that helped his toes so quickly so you can use active skin repair on a wide range of skin issues including cuts scrapes burns sunburns rashes other types of skin damage it's totally safe non-toxic suitable on all types of skin even parts of the body where you might have rosacea or eczema or have acne prone skin this is also safe for the young members of your family up to the oldest. So now you have one simple solution for your family's skin health needs. With over 500,000 happy customers and thousands of five-star reviews and super safe and clean ingredients, active skin repair is something that you want to have on hand for your family. So to get your own active skin repair, go to activeskinrepair.com to learn more about active skin repair and get 20% off your order when you use the code shameless. That's activeskinrepair.com. Use the code shameless for 20% off your order. Activeskinrepair.com, code shameless. This is the Shameless Mom Academy episode 524. Show notes for this episode, including any links mentioned in the episode, can be found by going to shamelessmom.com and clicking on episode 524. Welcome to the Shameless Mom Academy. I'm your host, Sarah Dean. I'm here to give you and other passionate, driven, unapologetic moms tools, resources, and a little bit of humor to help you lead more positive, powerful, and purposeful lives every damn day. One of the best things about the Shameless Mom Academy is our community. So be sure to join us in our free private Facebook group to connect with other shameless moms just like you. You can find us over at shamelessmom.com forward slash Facebook. All right, let's dive into today's episode. Hello, shameless moms. Happy Monday. I hope that it's starting to feel a little spring-like wherever you are. We're starting to every once in a while have a morning or an afternoon that just has that hint of spring and it feels really good. And I hope you're enjoying that as well because we need those moments of hope, right? We need those little moments of hope to keep us working through the dark winter times, whether that is literally or figuratively. So, okay, here's what we're going to talk about. Speaking of dark times, I had a moment last week that I shared on my personal page on Facebook. And so many people commented that I thought, oh my gosh, we have to just do a whole episode about this. So here we are. I had a dark moment last week where I got a no. So what I mean by that is I reached out and I actually submitted something. I proposed that a piece of my work be used somewhere and it was rejected. (laughs) And it was something that was really personal. And it was also something I felt really good about. And it was something that other people had validated and said, like, this is amazing. You have to share it and submit it and all these things. And then it got rejected. And it was an interesting thing because here's the thing. When you're an entrepreneur, you get a lot of no's and you get kind of conditioned to the no's. But then 
every once in a while you get one that stings and all of a sudden, like all the tools that you've built up or like the armor that you've built up to handle all of the no's and handle all of the rejection, all of a sudden it's like, it's just gone. And you just like feel like a worthless little piece of dog poop on the floor. And I'm being a little bit dramatic. It only lasted for a few minutes, but sometimes this lasts for more than a few minutes. And sometimes this happens all the time. And sometimes we find ourselves in these patterns of feeling rejection repeatedly, very deeply and taking it very personally. And we take it as an indication of our worth. And we take it as an indication of what we are qualified for, what we are capable of, and we let it really destroy us. And so that's where I really thought this is something we need to talk about on the show. And so in my Facebook post on my personal page, I said, and I'll actually just read the post directly to you because I think that'll be the most beneficial and the most clear. So in my Facebook post, here's what I said. I got a no today. It stung. I asked the person who said no, if I could try again another time, they said yes. I love them for that. Know that entrepreneurs get 100 no's for every yes. So that entrepreneur or small business owner you follow who always looks like they are crushing it is also being rejected over and over and over again every damn day. But we know that it takes all those no's to get that magical yes and to build the resilience required to stay in the game. So that was the post that I put up and then I got many likes and many comments and it just really resonated with people, many of my entrepreneurial colleagues, but it resonated with a lot of other people as well. And here's what I think is really, really important is I think that we need to normalize and neutralize rejection, but don't internalize rejection because when we internalize it, it makes it much harder to move forward and we really disempower ourselves and we create a lot of untrue stories about the situation. So rejection is often not about us as the rejectee. It's often about the circumstances or the other party, the other side of the story or the situation and their circumstances that might have nothing to do with yours. And so in this case where I was rejected, the person even said like, this is actually really awesome. It's just not the right fit for us or it's not the right fit right now, but this is great. And he was like, I hope that you can use this somewhere else. And so Here's the thing. When we decide to internalize rejection, we can't hear that. We can't hear that someone else is saying this is not the right fit for us or this is not the right fit right now. Instead, we just hear, I suck (laughs) or I'm really bad at this or I'm not good enough or I'm not worthy or I'm not qualified or I'm not capable. We make up all these stories, right? So when someone gives you a no, let's look at what that really means versus what you tell yourself. Because what it really means when someone gives you a no, whether it's you ask to, so in my instance, it might be asking to speak in an event, or it might be submitting a piece of writing somewhere, or it might be positioning myself to be part of something with other entrepreneurs. When I ask for something like that, and I get a no, it often is that it's not the right time or the right fit. And maybe it is that I don't have the right qualifications, but that doesn't mean that I'm a bad person or that I'm not qualified for other things or that I'm not worthy or that I'm not capable. It just means that like I'm not the right person for this situation or this instance right now. And that can be a really neutral statement. And we can stay really objective about that and really objective around that rather than internalizing it and making it about how we're not good enough, which tends to be our go-to. So that's what it often really means. Let's look at what we tell ourselves, though. We tell ourselves that we aren't ready. We're not qualified. It's all about us and not about them. And we make it about something that it's not really about. 
And then what happens is we end up holding ourselves back the next time there's an opportunity to put ourselves out there. And that's where this gets really dangerous. It's one thing to be frustrated or disappointed or feel rejected in a moment. But when we internalize that and we allow that to hold us back the next time we want to go do something or the next time there's an opportunity, that's where things get dicey. So let me tell you, there is a speaking event that I have applied to like six years in a row. And every year they tell me no. And I keep applying every year. And because here's the thing, it might not be the right time. And maybe I'm just like not submitting the pitch in a way that works or whatever. But I have totally neutralized that like, I know that this particular event gets like 600 applications for speakers for an event that can take like 30 or 40 people to speak. So I know they're They have a lot of people to pick from. And I also know that they tend to pick people who already are connected to the people that run the event. And I don't have a connection to anyone who runs the event. So I know that there's a lot of things not working in my favor, but I don't let it stop me. And I actually used to attend the event every year. Like I would apply to a to speak and then I would get rejected and then I would still go to the event. Well, now I've been to the event enough where I'm like, I don't really need to keep going to the event as an attendee. I'm just going to keep applying to speak. And if they eventually say yes, then I'll go to the event. If not, whatever, that's fine too. But here's the thing. It actually is really great practice for me to continue to submit to that event because every year it's an opportunity to go to that neutral place of like, hey, they haven't said yes yet, but that doesn't mean they're not going to say yes. And it doesn't take me that long to submit this. And it's always good practice to put yourself out there. So I make myself keep trying. And also because if I were to get a yes, it would be a great resume builder. It's an event that I would like to say that I spoke at. So it's worth it to me. So when I go to apply, I don't look at it and say, well, they've already said no six times. So why would I try again? Because here's the thing. They can never say yes if I don't keep applying, right? So the same thing with the situation that happened last week, the person that said no to me and the thing that I submitted, I can go submit it somewhere else and probably get a yes. But if I decide that that no means that it's not good enough, then there's no possible way for me to ever get a yes because I will never submit it anywhere. And so what I have to do is be really neutral and objective around the whole thing and look at like, okay, so from a neutral standpoint, this person was saying it's not the right fit for us right now. And I'm going to accept that as the truth rather than making up a big story about it. And I'm going to go somewhere else and find somewhere where this will be a good fit and it will be the right fit. Now, is that hard and uncomfortable? Yes, of course. But also, that's the strength and the resilience that is required to keep going and keep growing. So I'm going to do it. That's the important piece is that when you can neutralize, normalize rejection like that, then you can come from this objective place of being able to continue to show up in circumstances where eventually you will get a yes. You will find the right fit if you are committed to continuing to look and continuing to grow and continuing to seek out those places where it is the right fit right now. This episode is supported by Mysteries About True Histories a podcast for your kiddos. So from the creators of the hit podcast, Who Smarted, and Netflix's Brainchild comes the adventurous world of mysteries about true histories, affectionately known as math. Every episode follows Max and Molly, who have just been recruited into a secret order of problem solvers on an adventure through time packed with puzzles, hidden equations, history, and laughs, making learning cool. This podcast is perfect for ages six and up and new episodes drop every Thursday, each stacked with so much laughter that your kiddos won't even realize how much they're learning. I love a show 
where as a parent, you're like, hey, let's listen or watch this or whatever. And your kids are thinking they're like getting extra device time or what have you. And you're like, they're learning right now. So it feels like such a big win. So I want you to go check out Mysteries About True Histories wherever you listen to podcasts. You can tune into Mysteries About True Histories with your kids. You can follow and listen on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts, wherever you're listening to this podcast. So go check out Mysteries About True Histories to listen in and have some fun with your kid while they learn today. This episode is supported by a podcast I want to share with you called Understood Explains. So this show is about navigating ADHD, dyslexia, and other learning and thinking differences, which can be so confusing. And so every uh, season of the show is around a different theme. So there's a season on special education, there's a season on ADHD diagnosis for adults, and the current season is all about IEPs. I love this podcast because the episodes are 10 to 15 minutes long. So if you are short on time or short on focus, you can take this content in super quickly, easily, It's very digestible, and the show is hosted by teacher and special education expert Juliana Utube. So Juliana talks all about how to navigate educational plans, IEPs. She talks about the differences between IEPs and 504 plans. She really breaks things down in a really clear and simple way so that you have some of those questions that you might be thinking around, like, does this pertain to my child? Is this something I need to be looking into? Like, where do we go from here? Where do I go if I have questions? Juliana has you covered. She explains so many different things and so many different little pieces and nuance of IEPs and special education and different things on Understood Explained. So I want you to go check it out wherever you're listening to this podcast. You can go listen to Understood Explains. Just go into your podcast app, do a search for Understood Explains, and it will pop right up. Click on it, pick your episode, and get the answers that you've been looking for and the support that you need around different learning differences and differences in school. And what I've learned, and even just thinking about this over the last couple of days is, huh, the place where I submitted this thing, it was a piece of writing. So the place where I submitted this piece of writing it seemed like it would sound good to say that I wrote something for this publication. But the truth is, there's actually a lot of other publications that it might make more sense for this piece of writing to go and live and be seen and attract more people to other things that I do. And so I actually was able to start thinking about it again, objectively after the fact and think, huh, maybe that wasn't the right place for this piece of writing to live anyways. While from an ego standpoint, I was like, oh, that would be cool if I could say I got published there. Maybe the reality is, is that there's a better place for this piece of writing to go. And maybe that's the better option for me. And so maybe, and actually shout out to my friend Dana, who said in my Facebook post, she was like that no there created space for the right yes somewhere else. And I was like, yes, that's exactly it. So Dana, I know you listen to the show a lot. So if you listen to this, thank you for that. So I'm going to go find where that right place is for that yes. So what I want to talk about next is what happens when we get rejected and the stories that we tell ourselves, because this is what is so significant and also so detrimental. So when we get rejected, when we get a no, when someone says like, you're not accepted to this or that or the other thing, or we don't, you're not the right fit, or we don't need this, or you aren't qualified, we create huge stories of what is true and what is not true. And so this is called the ladder of inference. And shout out to my friend, Jessica. Jessica Butts taught me about this a few years ago at an event that she was running. And when she talked about it, I was like, holy cow, this is, I do this so often. And I've talked about this on the show before, but not in a while. And every time I talk about this, people message me and they're like, wow, (laughs) 
you are in my head right now. So the ladder of inference is what happens when there's some sort of stimulus or event or something that happens. And so that stimulus or that event, that's like the bottom rung on the ladder. So for example, I got this no. So I get this no, I submit a piece of writing, I get a no, they're like, nope, this isn't the right fit right now. And I, from there, start building a story. And those are the ensuing rungs on the ladder. So I start building a story. Well, I'm not a very good writer. That's why they said no. So that might be like the next rung up. And then a rung above that might be like, well, no one else is going to accept it if they didn't accept it. And then the next rung up might be like, I probably should like go back to school. If I really want to be a writer, I need to like go back to school or like do some sort of, you know, like writing certification or something. And I create this whole story around like why I'm not qualified, why no one would ever accept my writing submission, why this was a bad idea to begin with. And then I, by the time I get to the top of the ladder, I'm like, I'm just not going to write anymore. This is just not for me. I'm not good enough or I'm not worthy or I'm not qualified. So I'm just going to like sit this out for now. And we do this all the time. We do this in relationships. So like we get in a fight with someone and the fight might be the very bottom rung on the ladder. So we get in a fight and then we make up a big story that we like got in the fight with that person because we have different values and the next rung on the ladder might be like they're always mean to us and they never have time for us. And then the next rung on the ladder might be like this just isn't worth it. It takes too much time. And by the time you get to the top of the ladder, you're like friendship over. I'm not even going to be friends with this person anymore. It's not worth it. And the next day, the person sends you a message and they're like, hey, so sorry about yesterday. I got in big trouble at work or I had a really awful conversation with my partner or my kid and I was just in a really bad headspace and I totally took it out on you and I'm so, so sorry. And all of a sudden you're like, holy cow, like I was thinking friendship over and really that person just had a bad day and they took it out on me and it had nothing to do with our friendship or our relationship. So we do this all the time, right? Where one thing happens and then we create all these rungs. We create this story over the next couple hours or few days or what have you that turns it into this whole entire thing that we cannot overcome. And all of a sudden we've made it into this big, huge thing that is where we end up destroying something often at the end. (laughs) We're like friendship over, marriage over, writing over, whatever the thing. Like we go to these like dramatic places because of the story that we created around the circumstances and none of it's true. So in this situation, I actually had this really great back and forth with the person where I submitted the writing. And he said, you have a great, so when kind of our back and forth, he at first he was like, this isn't the right fit for us right now. But he said, like, best of luck finding another place to submit this. And then I followed up and then he replied back. He's like, you have a great voice. Definitely find it, you know, like submit this somewhere else. And then I said, hey, could I submit another piece to you in the future. I'm working on a few other things. And he said, oh my gosh, absolutely. I would love to review anything that you have for me. And I was like, holy cow, I could have gone up that ladder of inference and said like, he hates me, he hates my writing, and he doesn't want to have anything to do with me. And they would never accept me, accept my submissions for this publication. But instead, I asked a couple more questions. I stayed really neutral. And he was really generous. I honestly did not expect to continue to get back and forth from him because this is someone who I know gets a massive volume of emails on a daily basis. But he was so generous to come back and say like, absolutely, like send me more. And so instead of creating a story, I sought out more information. And so by the end of the day, while I was bummed, I also had a lot of hope. I was like, oh, but he said I had a great voice. So that's validating. It's not like my writing sucks. It's just really not that this is not the right thing for this publication right now. And then he said I could submit more in the future, which means he actually is legitimately interested in reading what I have to write. And he does want to see more in the future if I think I have something that would be a good fit for that publication. So now instead of climbing the ladder of inference and basically destroying any hope of writing and getting published that I would ever have in the future, I was able to get a little more information and create a very different story 
that gives me hope and power moving forward to continue to try to find a place for this piece of writing and also to keep showing up as a writer and to continue to try to hone that skill and to continue to try to shine in that way, which is very new to me. I'm not a published writer and this is, and writing is fairly new to me and something I just started near the end of 2020. So this is a really big deal. And when you can neutralize rejection, you can keep going and keep growing. And that's so significant because otherwise we just stall out and we give up and we quit. And when we stall out and we give up and we quit, well, then that no is never going to turn to a a yes. But also what happens to our image, our self-image, when we decide that we're going to let that be the end of the road, right? Then we start to internalize that no and that rejection as a reflection of our self-worth. And that's really dangerous and very damaging. So how can we handle these no's? So let's talk through five ways that you can handle no's or rejection when that happens to you, because it happens to all of us. And that was the great thing about the Facebook post is that as people were commenting, and I knew that this was going to happen because I know that I know tons and tons of entrepreneurs who would relate to this. But so many people were like, thank you for saying it. Thank you for saying it out loud. This happens to me all the time. I totally get it. I've been there. Yes, yes, yes. Like rejection. We get rejected over and over again as entrepreneurs, but nobody talks about it. Nobody talks about it. We post pretty pictures on Instagram and cute headshots that make it look like we think we're Oprah or something. (laughs) And the reality is, is even Oprah gets a lot of no's. Probably not that many, but definitely gets some and has gotten a lot, a lot, a lot of no's to get to where she's at today. And so um, really looking more objectively at that to recognize what is true there as well. So let's talk about five ways that you can handle those no's. So the first way to handle getting a no or handle a rejection is to identify what is true versus the story you're telling yourself. The story you're telling yourself, like I said, is typically pretty disempowering and often makes you want to throw in the towel or often just like leads you down this road of quitting very quickly. But if you look at what is true and sometimes get a little curious and ask for some more information like I was able to do in this situation, we can quickly pull ourselves out of the story that we're telling ourselves and identify what is true in order to keep moving. So even if this guy had come back to me and said like, hey, your voice isn't quite fine-tuned enough for our publication, or I think this piece needs a little bit of work before it's ready, that's still valuable information that would give me some direction and where to go next. So even if it was something that was like, you're not quite qualified, which is, again, hard to hear, but that's still really valuable and would be very beneficial in knowing so that I know what the next step is. So even if you have to take some feedback with a rejection that's a little uncomfortable, take that as valuable input. And then you could decide what you want to do with it. So he could have said, like, I don't really think this piece is ready for publication. And I could have gone back to work on it. Or I could have said, and I've known a lot of writers who do this, who they're like, well, this is my story. And I'm not changing it for anyone. Like, this is the story. And you can take it or leave it. So I could have decided either way if that had been the case. But the value in deciding what is true versus the story you're telling yourself is really, really crucial. So if you know you're someone who tends to climb that ladder of inference, you need to acknowledge that and acknowledge that you go to places in your head that are not true and that you're making up stories. And when my friend Jessica talks about this, she always leads with that. She's like, I'm making up a story about this that says this. And she'll even say that in conversation with a friend like, hey, I'm making up a story that you're really mad at me and that you never want to talk to me again. And we've had really good laughs about conversations around ladder of inference because we go to these places in our mind that they sound rational when they're in our head. But when you say them out loud, they are oftentimes very 
obviously irrational and sometimes very laughable because they're often very dramatic. And so acknowledging like, hey, I'm telling myself a story about this and letting the other party identify what's true and what's not can be really, really helpful. The number two thing, the second thing you can do in handling rejection and managing a no is to ask if you can try again. And so I've done this a lot and it was interesting. Alexia Vernon, shout out Alexia, she said in my comments she's of that Facebook post, she said, I love that you asked if you could submit again and that you like such a great idea because often when we face rejection or we get a no, we just take it and walk away with our tail between our legs. And which I could have done that. That was honestly kind of what I was leaning towards doing. But I thought I don't want to shut this door and I want to be able to keep this line of communication open with this person at this publication if he's open to that. And I need to know if he's open to that. So that's why I said like, hey, could I reach out again with something else? Letting him like he could choose to answer that email or not. He could choose to say yes or no. But it was really valuable. It was important to me to know if I was hoping he would give me a clear answer, which he did. And then the answer was yes. And so that no actually ended with a yes, which was really, really validating. Of course, who knows if that will lead to anything, but that was really helpful. This episode is supported by AquaTrue. Having clean, safe water is the last thing you want to worry about. But unfortunately, according to extensive research by the Environmental Working Group, three out of four, yes, three out of four homes in America have harmful contaminants in their tap water. So that's why you got to check out AquaTrue. AquaTrue purifiers have a four-stage reverse osmosis purification process. And their countertop purifiers, which is what we have, take no installation or plumbing, and they remove 15 times more contaminants than ordinary pitcher filters and they're specifically designed to combat chemicals like PFAS, which can lead to potentially adverse health effects like cancer, endocrine system disruption, and liver toxicity, which is part of what makes AquaTrue so special, unique, and important in terms of how they are able to filter water. They also have water purifiers to fit every type of home. So like the installation-free countertop purifier that we have at our house to higher capacity under sink options. They even have Wi-Fi connected purifiers and mineral boost options. So I'm so excited about our new AquaTrue. And here's the thing. I swear it's like a gentle reminder to actually drink more water every time you walk into your kitchen. So we are drinking more water now and also more clean water. So more water that is more clean. It feels like a double win. I'm feeling pretty impressed with us. I feel like sink water, tap water becomes invisible at a certain point. And when I see the purifier on my counter, it's like many time a day reminder to like, keep drinking, keep drinking. So I want you to check out AquaTrue for yourself and for your family. AquaTrue comes with a 30 day money back guarantee and that makes it a great gift as well. Today, my listener can receive 20% off any AquaTrue purifier when you go to AquaTrue.com. That's A-Q-U-A-T-R-U.com and enter the code SHAMELESS at checkout. That's 20% off any AquaTrue purifier when you go to AquaTrue.com and use the code SHAMELESS, S-H-A-M-E-L-E-S-S, AquaTrue.com code SHAMELESS. This episode is supported by Earn In. Life doesn't happen bi-weekly, so why should payday? The money you earn now can be in your hands today with Earn In. Earn In is an app that gives you access to your pay as you work, up to $100 per day or up to $750 per pay period. Super, super easy to use. You just download the Earn In app and verify your paycheck. Then you can access up to $100 a day as you work and leave an optional tip. 
So the app is free. You can leave a tip if you want. Any money you access plus tips are automatically repaid from your next paycheck. So here's the thing. Sometimes getting close to your next paycheck, next pay period, and you realize, oh gosh, like paycheck doesn't come until next Friday, but we have this event that we need to attend this weekend and we need money for it. Or we have to buy a gift for someone. Or, oh my gosh, like my kid tore through their shoes and now we have to buy new shoes this weekend and the money's not in the bank yet. So Earnin can help you access the money you've already earned at work by giving you this little bit of money in advance. So make Earnin part of your financial routine and join Earnin's over three and a half million customers who say things like, when I think about Earnin, I think about financial stability and security, and it gives me a lot of peace of mind. So for our listeners, all you need to do is download Earn In today. It's spelled E-A-R-N-I-N, and you can download it in Google Play or the Apple App Store. When you download the Earn In app, type in Shameless Mom under podcast when you sign up. So there'll be a little place where you can, where it says, what podcast did you hear about them on? Type in Shameless Mom under podcast. This helps to show support for our show and our advertisers. Earnin is a financial technology company, not a bank, and subject to your available earnings, daily max, pay period max, and location. See earnin.com slash TOS for details. Bank products are issued by Evolve Bank and Trust, member FDIC. So asking if you can try again or asking if you can come back at another time or asking if down the road there might be an opportunity is really beneficial. And so always feel free to do that. I know that I do that often when we get pitched for the show. We aren't really accepting pitches right now, but when we've accepted, when we've done open calls for interviews for the show, we've had people reach out where, and I've said like, well, this isn't a right fit for our content calendar right now, but feel free to check back in six months or in three months or six months or something like that. Like when we have kind of a, when we're in a different spot, because things might change. So you can always ask to try again. You can always ask like, Hey, when can we have this conversation again? So maybe it's asking for a raise or a promotion and you get a no, then like, Hey, well, could I check back on this in three months or six months and ask? The thing is, people are going to respect you for that. And I actually, a really great example of this, I was looking to hire someone to come in and do a training for Tenacious Mamas for my business and leadership mastermind. So I wanted someone to come in and do a training on something really specific. And I did a post in a group of entrepreneurs that I'm in. And I said, hey, can anyone come to speak to my group? I'm looking to hire someone to do a training on this topic. Is anyone qualified to talk on that? If so, I'd love to hire you. And I got all sorts of responses. And so I connected with one person who was came really highly recommended. And I had that person all ready to go. And then she got really sick and ended up not being available. Well, in the meantime, another person had followed up with me privately. And she said like, hey, if you haven't found anyone for this, I'd really love to do it. Like, let me know. We ended up having a little bit of a back and forth. And I said, I'm honestly a little bit overwhelmed with responses. But if you know, thanks for reaching out. And I'll definitely let you know if we could work together down the road. Like, I think it would be great. I've kind of looked at her stuff and I was like, it looks like you're doing great work. And so we had this little back and forth and she was like, yeah, sure. Like anytime I can help you, just let me know. Well, when this person got sick, who I had originally booked, who do you think I went to? I went to the person who reached out who I had originally said no to, but she had followed up to be like, hey, I know you said no, but if anything changes, let me know. She was my number two because my other number twos was this like laundry list of people that I would have had to dig through to figure out who's qualified and who's not. And I was like, she was the person who put herself out there and stood out to me by showing up in my inbox and in my DMs, like, I'm going to go with her. And we got on Zoom to have a little like preliminary call. 
and we had the best conversation. And she's going to come in and talk to my tenacious mamas this week. And oh my gosh, I was so excited. I was like, this is exactly the person I want to do this training. And I'm so glad that it worked out the way that it did. Not that I wanted the other person to get sick. And she was also very qualified, but we just had really great synergy and chemistry. And I'm super, super excited about that. So don't be afraid to put yourself out there in those ways. And because you don't know where it's going to go and you don't know when those no's can turn into yeses. And you will stand out for not just walking away with your tail between your legs, but to show up again and say like, hey, if I can be of service in any other way, let me know. And like, let's stay in touch and those kinds of like without being harassing, but like just letting people know that you want to be there can be really beneficial. Okay. So number three, third way to handle no or handle rejection is look for other places that are ready to say yes. So I, a few months ago, had the opportunity to create this massive corporate contract, massive for me at least, a massive corporate contract to do corporate trainings. And I put a lot of work into this and it was an amazing contract. And the trainings that I outlined as part of this proposal were so good. And I was so excited. I was like, oh my gosh, I can't wait to deliver this. And I had like three different options that this company could choose. And so the proposal has kind of gotten held up in red tape, which is fine. That happens with corporate stuff. But in the meantime, I was like, oh my gosh, I created like all of this stuff and I have this content outline and I want to be using this. And so I've gone to other companies and other people that I have connections with to say, hey, this is the content that I am creating for 2021. Are you interested in this? And I've gotten other companies to say yes. So while I'm held up in red tape with one company, other companies are paying me to speak on the same things while I'm waiting. So just because someone says no or says not right now or can't commit to something yet doesn't mean that other people can't. So look for other places and people that are ready to say yes to your thing. That is really, really powerful and empowering. And here's the thing, you get to leverage your gifts in that way. So if one person says no, find the people that will say yes, find the people that need you, find the people that are looking for you, find the people that have holes. They might not even know that they need you, but find the people that have holes that you can fill and put yourself out there and say, hey, I noticed that you might benefit from this. Could I come help you? We actually had a neighbor a couple of years ago was like, hey, our daughter is starting with her friend, starting a little dog walking business. Let us know if Danny ever needs to be walked. And I was like, oh my gosh, like we've never had a dog walk over Danny, but that sounds like a dream. So I hired these two teenagers to start walking Danny. The neighbor just thought, hmm, they have a dog. I wonder if this is a hole that they need filled. And she just asked and I said, yes, right? Now, another neighbor might have said no. 13 other neighbors might have said no. But I was like, yes, I didn't even know that I needed a dog walker. But as it turns out, I do. So looking for other places where they might need that hole filled that you have the capability of filling. The fourth way to handle a no or handle rejection is to take the steps to grow into the opportunity if you still want it and if you want to go after it. So if it is a situation where maybe you're not qualified just yet, or maybe you need a few more things, layers to add on before it's the right fit. Take the opportunity to grow and take the steps to grow if that opportunity means enough to you. So I've definitely done this with speaking. I started pitching myself to things that I was very minimally qualified to speak on a very long time ago. And I got so many no's and I still get a lot of no's, but I've taken a lot of steps to grow into positions and to grow into opportunities that are now a good fit. So take steps to grow into the opportunities that you want for yourself. Be okay with 
getting a no and then seeing that as an opportunity to grow and asking like, well, what would I need to do to make this work? And for them to say, well, we need we would need these three more things and then go do those three more things. This is so powerful, I think, in the workplace, especially for you to say, like, if a boss says, well, you're not quite ready for this, for you to say, well, what would it require? What do you need for me to be ready? And for them to say, well, we would need you to do this, this and this. And then you do that over the next year. And here's the thing. By the end of that year, you might not want that thing anymore, but you have these new skills and tools or enhanced skills and tools, and you can go take them somewhere else. This happens a lot with our members in Momentum Mamas is they try to get promoted in their current work situation. And then by the time they are quote unquote qualified for the next step, they're like, I actually don't want to be here anymore. Like I actually want something bigger and better. And they take those newfound skills and they just go somewhere else and find like a way better option. So that's beneficial as well. And then the fifth way to handle your no or handle rejection is to recognize and own and honor the resilience and the resourcefulness that you gain from managing rejection. I'm not saying this is fun, but it is powerful. You gain a ton of resilience and a ton of resourcefulness from managing rejection. And it rolls off of you easier and easier every time so that you aren't disempowered by it, but instead you can keep going and ultimately you end up getting more yeses as a result. So if I need to, and just like putting this in like statistical terms for ease, if we know that you know, let's say for every 10 no's, there's going to be one yes, I'm just making this number up. But the more quickly I can neutralize that rejection, then and the more quickly I gain that resilience and resourcefulness that comes from that, the more I will find more opportunities. And I'll get through those no's in order to get to the yes, right? So I'll get through the nine no's in order to get to that one yes. If I internalize that rejection, and I haven't practiced that neutralizing of the rejection in order to build the resilience and the resourcefulness, I'm going to get super stuck every single no. I'm going to get like, I'm going to let that rejection get to me and I'm going to sit in it and I'm going to let it bring me down and I'm going to let it keep me stuck and I'm going to not push myself forward. And that doesn't benefit me in any way. So recognizing, owning and honoring the resilience and the resourcefulness that you gain from rejection is a huge huge tool in getting you to the yeses. So that's how you can handle your no's, how you can handle rejection. So quick recap of that is to identify what is true versus the story you're telling yourself, to ask if you can try again, to look for other places that are ready to say yes, to take the steps to grow into the opportunities that you want, and then to recognize the resilience and the resourcefulness that you gain from managing rejection. I hope this was helpful. If you know someone who's been managing rejection right now and they're struggling, please share this episode with them, tag them. If this resonated with you, please share it on social media, tag me at the Shameless Mom Academy. I always do my very best to reshare all of our tags in our stories. Thank you. Thank you for being here. And I'll see you on Wednesday with a new interview. Thank you so much for joining me in the Shameless Mom Academy today. I really, really appreciate you being here and I hope you learned something new. As always, this conversation will be continued over in our free private Facebook group. You can join that group by going to shamelessmom.com forward slash Facebook to connect with other shameless moms just like you. Additionally, if this is your first time listening to the show, know that we are here every Monday and Wednesday with a brand new episode. So make sure you subscribe, go to whatever podcast app you use and subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode 
episode. You can do that directly if you go to shamelessmom.com forward slash review that will put you in Apple Podcasts where you can click on the subscribe button and you can also leave a review. If you scroll down a little bit, you can leave a five-star review. You can write a few sentences letting me know what you thought about the show. If you let me know how the show has impacted you in becoming a more shameless mom, you might be nominated to be shameless mom of the week. Also, please share this episode. My goal is to help more mamas be more shameless every damn day. So please do share this episode. You can take a screenshot of the episode on your phone and then share it out on social media. Tag me at the Shameless Mom Academy on Facebook or Instagram. I'm quick to reply and eager to send you Facebook love and love to be connected to all of you. So again, thank you for being here. I can't wait to be back here again with you in just a couple days. And until then, no matter what you do today, make sure you do it shamelessly. No one told us the truth about parenthood. Why? This is the podcast everyone needed before they had kids because now that those little ones are here, whew, there is a lot to unpack. I'm Rachel Shepardota, and I am your host for the podcast, No One Told Us, where we tell the truth about parenting and let you in on all the stuff you really should have known about before having kids. I am the founder of Hey Sleepy Baby, but this podcast is so much more than sleep. We'll be diving into all the topics that you really care about and need to know while you do your best job raising those adorable, tidy humans. Our goal is to just make you feel less alone and less overwhelmed. There are so many things that no one tells us before becoming a parent, and I think that we should really pull back the curtain on becoming a first-time or second-time mom or dad to share the good, the bad, and the ugly. We'll have a little education, a little fun, and a whole lot of heart that goes into each and every episode. So join me and our amazing guests each week to hear us talk about what no one told us 